You're listening to Nursing Review Radio. Australian researchers have put forward a skin safety model that aims to offer a unified perspective on the precursors that contribute to potential iatrogenic skin injuries in older hospitalised adults. I'm joined by Jill Campbell, a PhD candidate at Queensland University of Technology, to discuss the model. Welcome, Jill. Thanks so much, Dallas. Why did the research team decide to look into a skin safety model? Well, we we decided to look into a skin safety model for several reasons. Firstly, um, I'm a wound care nurse um, as well as being a PhD candidate. I'm a wound care nurse at a large metropolitan hospital. So many of the patients that I see in my day-to-day clinical work are older and therefore really vulnerable to skin injury. So they have very frail and fragile skin. And some of these injuries we commonly see are pressure ulcers or pressure injuries, incontinence-associated dermatitis or skin tears. Um, Also, we know that the global population is ageing, resulting in a much higher uh, utilisation of our hospital system by the older age groups. Interestingly, in Australia, in between 2013 and 2014, we know that 40% of hospital admissions were for people aged 60 and over. So that's a considerable amount of older people in hospital. So overall, I've got a really strong interest in maintaining skin integrity in older patients. Also, as we mentioned, I'm doing finishing my PhD, and the PhD topic for me was looking at incontinence-associated dermatitis in the acute care setting. And part of a PhD process means that um, a conceptual framework is needed to guide the research. So after much um, searching of the literature, we really didn't come up with a suitable framework to guide the thesis or the research. So it seemed like a perfect opportunity to investigate a new way of approaching skin integrity. And so the skin safety model was conceived as part of my PhD process. You conducted a literature search of electronic databases for articles written on skin integrity and iatrogenic skin injury in elderly hospital patients between 1960 and 2014. What were some of the key findings there? The really interesting key finding was that there were a multitude of skin integrity frameworks and conceptual frameworks available. Um, Each of those frameworks was very specific to a particular skin injury. And what seemed to be lacking was a unifying framework, one framework that looked at the bigger picture of maintaining skin integrity in a more global manner. So in some ways, we found that there was fragmentation in in the skin integrity literature. Lots of literature, but no unifying, overarching framework. We found some multiple common themes and multiple common risk factors, however. Um, One of the common themes um, in a lot of these frameworks was that there were identified intrinsic and extrinsic risk factors impacting on skin integrity for older adults. So intrinsic factors meaning patient factors and extrinsic factors usually referring to things like um, pressure and shear or friction. But what emerged for us was that most of the different injuries 
there were multiple overlapping risk factors. So we, we identified a key group of risk factors that are shared but across all these skin injuries and contribute to skin vulnerability in a much broader way. And these shared uh, risk factors may be influential in the etiology of a whole range of skin injuries. One conceptual model that was proposed by Tom DeFlore back in the um, late 90s actually identified elements that were related to the system of care influencing skin integrity. That is, he identified that medical and nursing interventions, among lots of other factors, actually influenced the intensity and duration of pressure on skin. So that was another key finding for us as well, the influence of systems on skin integrity. But overall, our key finding was that there are many shared risk factors for skin injury. So you presented a skin safety model that offers a unified framework that encompasses the spectrum of antecedents to skin vulnerability and of iatrogenic skin injuries that may be sustained by older acute care patients. How did you come up with this particular framework? Well, we felt that the approach to maintaining skin integrity needed to be much more comprehensive and holistic. After all, skin is our largest organ. There are lots of elements that influence skin integrity, but they have not been conceptualised into a single model. So the skin safety model grew from drawing together the common elements of risk for skin injury and vulnerability. In addition, we looked at the literature pertaining to frailty and the geriatric syndromes due to the considerable relevance for our patients and their skin integrity. We also looked at the literature related to systems and patient outcomes. In particular, we looked at Mitchell's health outcomes model. Mitchell proposed the concept that there's feedback and influence between the patient and the system in which care is delivered, meaning really that the system can influence patient outcomes. So the resultant framework, we feel, is a comprehensive model outlining skin integrity risk factors, many of which are not traditionally associated with preventing skin injury. So we're proposing a new way of thinking about skin integrity risk and skin injury. What does the model cover and how does it differ from previous skin integrity frameworks? Well, I think that our model is very much broader than previous skin integrity frameworks. Um, It encompasses a wide range of risk factors for skin injury and therefore it can represent a wide range of iatrogenic skin injuries in a single model. Also, the model proposes that the patient's experience of the skin injury um, may include things like pain, reduced quality of life, infection, increased hospital stay, and and that these experiences are quite broad as well and they're not specific to a particular injury. These experiences have um, relevance for a range of different skin injuries. So I guess the difference of our model is the, the broader scope. Um, it also differs... Um, 
in considering skin vulnerability in in a much more holistic way rather than an individual siloed kind of approach to maintaining skin integrity. We, we were quite concerned that the, the approach to individual skin injuries may foster care delivery in silos and result in fragmented care or repetition or even omission of some aspects of skin integrity care. What are some of the main antecedents and injuries that the model delves into? Well, the model aims to highlight the complexity and interrelated nature of skin integrity risk factors and skin vulnerability. So we propose that the main antecedents are grouped into um, a couple of main categories. Um, the main, one of the bigger categories is um, contributing factors and this category has several subgroups. It consists of um, patient factors like poor mobility, multiple comorbidities. A patient may have lots of medications as in polypharmacy, uh, incontinence, poor nutrition, impaired cognitive function. So those factors are all very important um, patient factors. But we also included systems factors and processes or process factors. And they, they're things like clinical governance, um, an organisation's policy, skill mix, for example, and processes which may seem really straightforward, but things like the use of bed rails, how that might impact on skin integrity or mobility, um, intravenous lines or catheters that can act as a tether. Um, I guess as nurses, we've all had experience of patients having to fast for surgery preoperatively and then surgery is cancelled and they, they fast repeated times. So it impacts on their nutritional status, which eventually impacts on um, wound healing. So there's a lot of systems factors that can actually impact back on a patient's skin integrity, but not traditionally that we think about them. Um, there are other factors we identified as being acute situational stressors and that might be for an older patient something like um, trauma. Typical example is a patient with a fractured neck of femur who would maybe have been quite mobile but now because they've fractured their femur they're immobile exposing them to a whole range of skin integrity risks. Or there might be an exacerbation of chronic illness or an acute illness or perhaps psychosocial stressors for these older patients. So there's a whole group of contributing factors there that can really interact in very specific and individual ways and create a situation that impacts on skin integrity. And then exacerbating um, those contributing factors are elements that we identified, and, and most nurses will be familiar with these, as pressure, shear, friction and exposure to moisture, whether it be from urine or faeces or perspiration or wound drainage. But those factors compound the already um, vulnerable older patient in our healthcare system. So the, the injury that can result may be one of several different injuries. For example, a one patient may sustain a skin tear while another patient may sustain a pressure injury or incontinence dermatitis, depending on the interaction of those risk factors. So I guess that answer really highlights the complexity of 
the vulnerability in these patients. Where should the framework be applied and and what hopes do you have for the model in terms of patient care? Well, it's important to remember that this model was conceived for the older acute care patient. So in that that's the context in where it, where it would be applied. We are in the very early planning stages of of how to um, operationalize the model. Um, it is really important to note though that this model is not a risk assessment tool. Rather, it's a guide for clinicians to assist in recognising and mapping these complexities that I've talked about in maintaining skin integrity. Our hope is that the model will be utilised as a vehicle for a paradigm shift in how we regard the challenge of maintaining skin integrity for our older acute care patients and by taking a new view of fundamental care activities and reconsidering them as having high-value impacts Um, on skin integrity. So an example of that um, high value impact I'm talking about is um, a a structured toileting program, for example. Fairly straightforward activity and not traditionally considered to have skin integrity outcomes. However, if you consider the potential benefits that a structured toileting program might include, could be things like maintaining continence for an individual. Maintaining continence actually then reduces skin contact with urine and feces, thereby reducing the risk for incontinence-associated dermatitis. A structured toileting program can also reduce pressure injury risk. And we know that maintaining functional ability has the effect of reducing a falls risk, which in turn reduces the risk of skin tears. So one fundamental activity can have very, very high value in terms of skin integrity outcomes for for our patients. But a toileting program isn't traditionally considered as a skin integrity um, intervention. So uh, there are lots of different examples. So while the model doesn't suggest interventions, when the antecedents to skin injury are highlighted, we hope that effective and innovative care planning can be the result. So the model guides clinicians in making these links by highlighting these antecedents and addressing them at a much higher level. Things like promoting continence and maintaining mobility and seeing those types of interventions as being relevant for skin integrity. I guess so, Dallas, then the key messages really for me would be that skin is our largest organ. Um, Older skin is vulnerable to a range of injuries and as a result, um, it's a very complex situation for our older patients. It's really timely for us to shift to a much more comprehensive skin safety paradigm. That is to maintain skin integrity um, as a whole, not simply look at preventing specific individual skin injuries. And we hope that the skin safety model guides that decision making to develop these care plans that include fundamental activities that have high value skin integrity impact. Thank you for your time, Jill. Thank you again, Dallas.